Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Today we are talking how to recover from a financial mess and more importantly, if you haven't been in a financial mess or in a financial pickle, what can you learn from this chat? John and I just shoot the breeze on some things that we think you can do in your life to press reset and to recover. There's a lot in this piece and we do break down the types of reasons that you may be in a financial mess because we know that life happens and it's not always our fault when things go pear-shaped. Now, how you doing? Thanks to everyone who joins in in the Facebook group. Just a little bit of housekeeping. We don't approve all the anonymous posts. Uh, There are hundreds in there. We get so many anonymous posts. I've instructed the team just to let a couple of interesting points through each day the best way to guarantee your post getting up is to just do it in your own name. We don't want the Facebook group to be just this weird, anonymous, soulless thing with all these questions. So that's the only conditions of your monthly fee of being in the Facebook group. All right. So thanks for that. And finally, thanks to those who have followed my Millennial Daily on Spotify. It's free to listen to on Spotify. You do not need uh, a paid subscription. The main show here is not going anywhere. We're just doing a daily thing on Spotify and it's been really awesome. So check out My Millennial Daily and let's get this juicy topic right into your ears. And if you do love what we're doing here and you think this episode could be beneficial, maybe forward it to a friend or family member who may learn a thing or three. My name's Glenn James and you're listening to My Millennial Money. John Pigeon, my millennial property, welcome uh, to your life. Now, today we are talking about pressing reset after a financial mess. We're talking how to overcome a financial ruin. Uh, we're talking ideas that might equip you if you have woken up to a financial mess, if you've been through a financial mess. If, for example, you want to listen and you're all good, I reckon, John, some of the stuff that we're going to, you know, work through today will really help put a bit of a fence at the top of the hill for some people. Before we get into our tips, and we've kind of just got three tips each. John, you've sent me your tips and, you know, we take on feedback. We'd, we don't want to just randomly say our tips and we've got three tips each that are the same, but I will say mine compliment your tips that you sent through. <laughs> And and uh, thank you for having me today, Glenn. And I, I want to say right from the start that in every type of podcast that we do where I have tips, you have tips, I send mine through to you. Somehow I don't get yours and the podcast gets released. So I just wanted to say that. And on top of that is it's much easier to, to look at tips when you see someone else's first. <laughs> yeah, but John, you know one thing. I want to make things as organic and exciting for our listeners and as, you know, if you want a planned episode, go and listen to Dev over on My Money Money Medical. <laughs> like he writes, he's all out and he just reads it. But I like it to be organic and spontaneous. And while we do have some structure today, I still want it to be organic. Because mm. organic's good for you. Organic's great. Do you have any opening kind of motherhood statements on this topic before we get to your first tip. Yeah. So, when I was alerted of this topic, it, it, I actually sat back and had a think about how we apply this and, and why we would have got ourselves into financial ruin. And I actually opened it up to the staff in my office yesterday and we were sort of brainstorming a few different things and I asked each of them individually as to what they would do if they were 
um, forced into financial ruin, whether that was from a, I don't know, a terrible business investment or or just uh, bankruptcy or I don't know, something happened where we're basically starting from scratch. And uh, it's really interesting, the different responses, because everyone adjusts and, and handles things in a different way. And, and there's a lot of emotion that's running through everyone's minds when I could only imagine when something like this happens. And a lot of the commentary was around the emotions of it all, uh, rather than, okay, here are the mm. things that we need to do from a money point of view. Yeah. And I would probably say you said the B word in there and that's bankrupt. You know, we do our annual census every year and I've got a real, um, steady two fingers on the pulse of our Facebook group, which is, you know, where main listeners hang out and chat. I haven't really ever done a bankruptcy episode because I reckon, John, maybe over the last, say, five years of doing this podcast, John, I reckon I've only got maybe three or four requests for info on bankruptcy. Yeah. So, for me, I don't want to focus on that because- you know, you can get so much support from Google and all that for bankruptcy. So, I didn't want to kind of lean into the bankruptcy thing in this episode, but I wanted to have more of a step back and, you know, if you have found yourself in a mess or if you are just starting out your career, your financial life right now, listen to what we talk about to make sure you protect yourself as much as possible. So, I think we're going to have a lot of fun in this episode and I reckon, John, We'll start to do a bit more of these type of um, deep dive topical episodes over 35, 40 minutes uh, on a Tuesday, mix it up a little bit uh, because I certainly have fun uh, digging with these. And as much as, you know, you can see here, they're my notes for the episode, right? There's bugger all on the bit of paper. Hang on a minute. But it's They're just, mine. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> 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 uh, they're certainly not. You can write n- neater than me. But I, I just want to always open the topic, open the floor and chat about it with some starter points and see where we can dig and and get to. I will also say when we do these type of topical episodes and themed episodes, I want you to think about the stuff that we haven't thought about because that's the value. We've set time aside to talk about these issues, use this time that we've got together to think about your life and your situation and think about stuff that we didn't think of. And that's going to be the value of us talking about the topic, you thinking about the topic and getting the gold that comes to your mind and feel free to share it in the Facebook group. So, what's your first point in overcoming financial ruin or recovering from a financial mess? Yeah. So, I suppose the first thing I wrote down that that came to my head was focus and perspective. So, okay, this unfortunate occurrence in my life relating to money has hit me in the cheek. Let's get some perspective on our life as a whole. Um, Now, without going too deep, like what have I got that I can look forward to in my life that's not related to money for the minute? So, it might be my family, it might be my health, it might be my job, it it might be my hobbies, it might be my friends, it, a whole range of things that maybe people in other countries or even in our own country or even next door might not actually have. So uh, having some gratitude for what we have got uh, and not necessarily focusing on what just went missing because we may have come from a, a position where we we're extremely wealthy and we had a fantastic lifestyle and that's all been taken from us. Um, d- depending on the height of the fall from from a financial perspective as to how much that that may hurt, but just uh, sitting back and saying, well, what am I grateful for right now um, as opposed to that negative thought of, well, this has just happened. I'm a financial ruin. I'm actually a ruin. I've got nothing to look forward to in my life. So, you could even start a daily gratitude journal. So, you write down one thing that you're grateful for or one good thing that happened today, every day for two weeks for one month or whatever, just to start to reset your thinking. Is that what we're saying? Totally. Yeah. Whether that be journal writing, whether that be listening to to some inspiration, um, podcasts, talking to people that you know are going to be uplifting in your life and not mm. drag you down and, and provide reasons or excuses. You don't really want that stuff. Like it's comforting for, for two seconds, but you really need to have that frame of mind that's going to put you in good stead going forward. One thing that you did actually um, say, you said family, friends and health, 
when I was in the States, you know, I did a lot of episodes um, up there at FinCon and there was one episode I did with this guy and I was just like, that's not going on our podcast. That's rubbish. <laughs> but he did say one really good thing. Um, he talked about assets as not just financial, but your family, your friends and your health as an actual asset in your life. So, I just want to say that's uh, a really good point that you made there, John, because, you know, w- when all the crap hits the fan financially, sometimes we've got a good friend network. Sometimes we're really healthy and we've got our health or sometimes we might have a great family sport. Sometimes we've got all three. So, yeah, I just think we c- we've got to, in our life, think of assets as not just monetary yeah, no, it's a really good point by um, by that person. I, I think um, like I, I just went right back to the basics and said, well, what would be the first thing I would do if if I got news that this was the case? I would put my runners on and go for a run because that's what mm. I get most stimulation, enjoyment out of, and just some it just allows my emotions to release and and I come back and then sit down and, and relax. Wow, we are we can't be any more different. <laughs> All right, so in that situation, what would you do? Grab an ice cream. Okay, so my kind of first point <laughs> that does double dovetail in a little bit is you've got to, 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 rinse and repeat, got to do an autopsy of the situation. How did we get there? What happened? And I've broken it down into four categories. You touched on some of them in your kind of monologue opening. But the first category of financial ruin is the category of it's no fault of your own. You've been in a horrendous accident and you can't ever work again. You know, we've had so many people around Australia over the last two years have their homes lost from flood from fire. Uh, We've had, in some places, flooding three times within a 12-month period, and that is no fault of their own. So, that's kind of one category, no fault of our own, or I had a business, COVID hit, business dead. So, Mm. I could go into a business planning episode and we might do that one day, but no fault of your own. Number two is the autopsy situation. And I honestly think that these first two are going to be really easy to diagnose. The next two are going to, might be a little bit harder. Uh, The second one is you've suffered financial abuse. You've suffered fraud or someone has taken advantage of you. And I wanted to put that in as a slightly separate point to no fault of your own, because it kind of is on the same side of that coin but it's also very different because you may have been a good faith actor in a situation and then, you know, you've had a fraudulent event and you've lost your life savings or something like that. You may have been in a relationship that there was financial abuse, you got out of there and you're starting from scratch again. Think about this episode. If you aren't recovering from a financial ruin, you are starting again because often- Someone coming out of financial ruin financially on a balance sheet is the same as someone maybe starting from scratch. So, that's why we can find common ground with this episode. The th- yeah, do you want to- Yeah. You, you I, took a breath. Uh, I haven't finished my four points, but come at me, baby. Can I before we go deep? Yeah. Because I really like that not a blame game situation because I, I, when you're reading that, I'm thinking, hang on a minute, that's the first thing I would do is actually blame myself. And, and be accountable for my own actions. And whether that mm. was flood, okay, I shouldn't have bought there to begin with or was uh, financial abuse, okay, I shouldn't have been in that relationship. That was my decision-making. So that's a really important one, isn't it, to just uh, remove yourself from that situation for a minute um, because otherwise that can derail your, your whole emotions. Yeah, and this side, you know, because there are four points, I, I need a four-sided coin, um, because I often think of these things as like, all right, on one side of the coin, there's two points. On the other side of the coin, there's another two points. <laughs> but we don't here at My Millennial Money, we don't blame the victim. Mm. We don't blame, um, you know, the person who was prey to a natural disaster. Like 
And there's also no shame. You know, there's so much um, around the shame of yeah. uh, financial loss. And ego. And ego. I mean, some people probably do need a bit of a, an ego reset uh, in a healthy way. But in terms of these first two of no fault of your own or uh, being taken advantage of or suffering from fraud, there's never, it's never on you. Like you aren't the, the problem mm. straight yep. up. Yeah, that's a good one. The other side of the coin with my two points, and these are going to be harder to diagnose because the ego can get in the way of this one. And you may need a friend or family member or write in and put it in the Facebook group and you'll be told within 10 seconds. The third point, it's either naivety or you just did a dumb thing or you made an emotional decision. So, you know, pick one of those kind of dumb emotional or you just were naive and you weren't educated, which is, it sounds rough when I'm throwing the naivety in the same category, but it had to go somewhere. So, yeah, it was just, that kind of can be a result of, you know, I had a friend once that they got a loan to buy a holiday scheme. It's like, no, we're not doing that. Mm. That's sending you back years. Yeah. That's an emotional thing. It could be a dumb thing. It often is naivety. And the more I think about that situation with my friend, it ticked all three boxes. You were naive and you didn't understand how the holiday package thing worked. Dumb. We don't borrow money for luxuries and holidays yeah. around here. You can if you want. Knock yourself out. I don't. John probably doesn't. And it was emotional. You're at the seminar and you got, you know, your father-in-law or your uncle dragged you in and you got caught up in the emotion. Yep. Race to the back of the room. Yeah. So, that's why, you know, this could be harder to diagnose when you're doing your self-autopsy. And then the fourth point of this side of the coin is straight up greed. And usually what happens, stupidity follows greed most of the time. Most, yep. And if stupidity doesn't follow greed most of the time, if on the, you know, digging one step further, um, often in a commercial or legal sense, uh, the law will follow you yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it will get that much. You'll end up tipping over the scale and screw someone and, you know, you're fraudulent. So, have you been greedy in the past? Have you borrowed $20,000 on a personal loan because Bitcoin was going to the moon again, baby, and, you know, you just went all in and it was stupid. It was a bit of dumb and emotional and all that side of that coin was mixed up and that person in the mirror was basically to blame for doing a dumb thing with money, but that sounds weird. So, there is grace for saying you might do something dumb if you're not educated or you're naive and that's what this podcast is for, amen, all that stuff. So, self-reflection is my counterpoint to you. Really make sure we've absolutely pinpointed what caused the situation so we don't get into that situation again. Mm. And some real practical examples could be, look, we're being wiped out from flood here for three times in the last year. We are at an absolute ruin. This is really tough. We've got nothing left. What do you do? The answer is I don't know because I'm sitting in my house and I have not been flood affected ever. But there might need to be some big calls made about where you want to continue your life and your family. So, we're just not in that situation again. Yeah, There might need to be some big calls made to say, for our life, we love this community. We don't want to move the family to somewhere that never floods and all that stuff. So, guess what? We actually just rent in this town forevermore. And we do our investing elsewhere because I don't want to be carrying the bag again if flood rips through or if fire rips through. I'm happy to take the risk and pay for contents insurance only. I'm happy to take the risk or self-insure some of that stuff, but I'm just not going to be a property owner in this area. And John, just on that, we can probably go, that's a good point to talk about at some point in the property podcast about if you did want to stay in that city or town that's been ravaged that you don't want to take on that property ownership risk and you'd need to rent vest maybe yeah so yeah absolutely i'll uh, I'll, I'll tell the booking team um, yeah yeah so four good tips rolled into your first tip um so i you asked me for three and you've given four in the first tip so no, no, it was uh, the- <laughs> we're going to plan so far um <laughs> uh, but Whilst you're talking again uh, and me listening intently, 
I'm thinking there's so many levels of financial ruin or what people mm. perceive as financial ruin, right? We, mm. we could be 25 and, as you said, taken out a 20 grand personal loan in Bitcoin and lost it all and now I've got a 20, 20 grand debt with no asset. That's You could argue that's financial ruin versus someone else that's that's 55 years of age, that's lost their house in a flood, that's got no roof over their head, um, no insurances. Uh, that's way more extreme than the 20 something year old version. So it's understanding uh, and I, I, goes, I suppose it goes back to perspective. It's like, well, putting it in perspective, um, I'm actually maybe doing okay compared to, and we shouldn't always compare, but just we've got to give ourselves some positivity in in this extreme situation, don't we? Yeah. And even on this like crypto thing, like uh, there are categorically people listening right now who are early 20s who have lost thousands of dollars yeah. in cryptocurrency. I can tell you right now, that's the best money you've ever lost yeah. because it was a priceless lesson and, you know, it's a bit tongue-in-cheek if you've lost 100 grand and uh, where'd you get the 100 grand to start with? But, like, if you did lose just a small amount enough just to give you that l- real lesson of, oh, okay, I'm not going full ham into something like that, I'm going to step back. So, we just have to make sure it never happens again. And it, even, John, like... In the financial abuse situation, it might mean that going forward, when I enter another relationship, there are guideposts. There are things that are actually non-negotiable for at least the first two years of the relationship. Yeah, that's right. If not forever. I don't know. But I think we can learn. And they say, like, use your mess as your message. Like, Mm. you'll be needed one day with the stuff that you've been through to help others to make sure, one, they don't go through it themselves, or two, to help coach someone through that situation. So, maybe your next relationship, you're like, hey, I love you and all that stuff, but it's a non-negotiable, my emergency fund, it's in my account, it's in my name, it's over here, it's mine, don't care, sorry. Yeah, that's just peg in the sand. But it's just a non-starter. Yeah. So we need to kind of just learn about this stuff, you know, in terms of the dumb decisions or the emotional decisions. It might be, okay, well, if there's a $10,000 commitment of something, guess what? $10,000 equals a one-month sleep on it. Mm. $100, it's one day. $1,000, it's one week. $2,000, it's two weeks. And maybe I'm just thinking of a new little tip or a blog. Like the higher the amount, the longer the time that you have to sit on it. I'm going to sleep, yeah. And and we, we, we talk about successful business owners over the journey and how many of them have failed businesses. They've failed once, twice, three times, and all of a sudden the fourth one's worked for them, right? Mm. Have they gone and repeated the same mistakes over and over and again? 99% probably no. They've, they've gone and learned from that and just right, okay, the drive's there, the passion's there. I'm going to make this work, but I've got to change some things up. Mm, yeah. We'll take a quick break. When we get back, we'll get straight into the next points. And yeah, thanks for hanging with us. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
John, your next little discussion point. So, uh, more practicality in your in your life when this happens. We've got to bunker down our expenses. So, whatever that means in your life, we we need to quickly adapt and and adjust our our life. So that's obviously the non negotiables are the discretionary spending. Uh, I don't think we're in a position to go out and celebrate some dinners and uh, and go on holidays and and buy new pairs of shoes and things like that. It it may mean. Uh, moving back home, and and two of my staff members said, "Well, that's that's the first thing I would do. I, I would uh, um, go back and live with mum and dad." Okay, well that might not be possible. Was this your forty-five-year-old staff member or <laughs> no. your twenty-one-year-old? Yeah, yeah, combination of both. But uh, and yeah, that that's great, and that's for a lot of people that would be an obvious step. Uh, drop the ego and head back home with your with your husband or wife and three kids, but. It's just what needs to be done in that situation just to take stock and then uh, limit that expense coming out in our life because financially we're not in the best position. It may not be possible for some people, I get it, but uh, it it may mean share housing or, or some sort of uh, decrease in the, the running costs of our life. So that's usually our, our big ticket one is a roof over our head and then the discretionary items that, that often go out in our life and, and just sharing expenses as best we can. So whatever it takes in your life to be able to run off the smell of an oily rag, so to speak. Yeah. And in thinking about, you know, your wonderful point, um, my second point that I'll dovetail to yours I kind of pivoted on my answer a little bit after you said yours <laughs> because, you know, I've had the upper hand. But I talked. To, I was going to talk about, like, you're right, like we have to rebuild from the ground up. However, there is a but. And I was thinking, John, there's kind of two parts of this financial ruin or big money mistakes. And we might even name the end episode, recovering after a financial mistake. Uh, so we might note that, Rach. Uh, thanks, Rach and Nathan, for all the wonderful work they do on the show. But there's also two categories in that, right? There is the one that we've had a complete wipeout, scorched earth, bankrupt, starting from scratch. This is lost my job, lost my house, lost my cat, like everything, right? Mm. But there's the other side of the coin, which... You know, I've done dumb things with money and a lot of our listeners have done dumb things with money. And it could be that there's two really good incomes in the household, um, budgets humming along. We got dumb, we got emotional, we borrowed 20 grand for something dumb or we bought too much car and then, you know, we've ended up with a whoopsie of 10 or $20,000 that we owe. So, I think you're right in the rebuilding uh, for those who are new listeners in my book on page 110, and I won't get into it now, but I, I talk about having the financial hierarchy uh, pyramid, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs when we are rebuilding our budget. We need to start with food, shelter, utilities, transport, clothing. Then in our budget, we want to do basic comforts. It could be some Netflix, insurances, gym, pets, Ikea, you know, daily sports, just basic comforts for your life. Then we go up and we then we look at luxuries. Then we look at premium luxuries. Then we do whatever. So there's that. But I want to just talk about that dumb thing. I reckon if you have woken up to a whoopsie and you owe $5,000 or $10,000 or $50,000 and you've still got your job, you've still got income coming in, well, I think we're pausing everything and then we are cleaning up our mess and then putting things in place so that doesn't happen again. So, yeah, that's kind of just a bit of a... There's two sides to that rebuilding process, isn't there? And it might be if we've got a $10,000 whoopsie and there's debt owing, $10,000 of debt because we borrowed that to buy crypto because we got emotional and dumb and stupid and greedy. Well, we need to also maybe optimize and rebuild our budget to extract as much money as possible in the short term to clean up our mess and get on with it. So this whoopsie isn't hanging over our lives for two or three years. Yeah. Yeah, so we're changing some things, aren't we? We're marking that down. We're bunkering down. We're we're just, uh, yeah, it's a new pathway going forward. And and you've got to tell yourself a good story. You've you've mm. got to say to yourself, well, if it's happened to me at twenty eight, um, there's a lot of thirty eight year olds out there that haven't got a dollar to their name. So I've I've had a go. Something didn't go right. I've now got to change some things, adjust, and uh, and and I've still got a good chunk of life ahead of me to maximise. 
And I, I probably will add to that, like in that rebuilding process, like if we go back to the first part of the coin, first side of the coin where it's a natural disaster and there's no fault of your own or you've been taken advantage of or financial abuse and all that, when you are rebuilding, we did talk about there's no shame and all that. That might be a process of rebuilding that could take a couple of years, but I want you to step back and over the scheme of your life, if I have to rebuild my life over two years, like it actually, it sucks. And, you know, life happens to everyone and crap things happen to good people all the time. And I'm not here to say I've got the answers, but I am here to say, you know, we are with you while you rebuild. And if you have to do extra work for a period of time, and I'm not saying, you know, after a financial disaster, in the next five minutes you're out there, like go through the correct support networks, counseling, all that stuff, because you need to make sure you are healthy and well and emotionally well after going through that. But I just want to flag that the rebuilding process could take some time. Just make sure you will go through dark times and feel that, oh, if only we did this or that. You just can't live in the what ifs or if onlys. Mm. And someone's got to hear that. Like, yeah. You know, that I'm a pragmatist or a forever pragmatist or whatever they say, the forever optimist or I don't know. But we all get dealt cards, all of us. And yeah. all those cards, a lot of them we can't control and particularly the privileged cards, well, you're very privileged and you need to acknowledge that. But I just think, yeah, this rebuilding process, I want it to be full of grace and it's okay if you have something happen to you but I want the real rebuilding process for those who have done dumb things or greedy things. I want the rebuilding process to be a humbling process. Yeah, and, and a time to reflect and, and just see where it all uh, started to derail. Mm. Mm. What, right. what do you got next, Johnson? So the third and final, uh, and I did only have three. No, there's a point under your three points in this email. Oh, is there? Yeah. All right, you'll have to remind me of that one. I will. Um, Oh, I think it's it's getting back to what are our skill sets and what are our qualifications. So, if if it if it has been a I don't know a failed business, for example, or if I've still got my job, this is probably less relevant. But if if it's been a failed business, then what am I good at? How can I transact my time for money to get myself the basics? So. The, the food on the table and our cost to exist sorted, build up our emergency funds, start from scratch again to, to uh, gather some savings, just like we're talking to a to an 18-year-old that's starting work for the first time. So it's, it's going back to the fundamentals, but knowing uh, how can you maximize your time and your resources. So whether that's your skill set, whether that's your qualifications, whether you know someone that could, could give you a few hours here and there working for them, whatever it might be, uh, people or kind it's just simply getting out there and and understanding how you're going to earn some money for you or or, or it may even be for your family as well um, so not much more really to add there from that point of view it's just um, it, it may be a time where you say well hang on what I was doing I didn't actually enjoy I was doing it for the money and that didn't work uh, it may even be a time to start. Uh, educating yourself in in other areas or trading up. Yeah, and I think like a lot of the time you hear people when they go through uh, big life events, like if you're made redundant, oh, crap, that week the world's ending, oh, it's annoying, I have all these liabilities and all that. But a lot of time, John, you fast forward a year or six months, that redundancy is the best thing that ever happened to you. Mm. So I think it is that using this time after financial ruin or after a financial mess or mistake to actually, yeah, press reset on some other areas in your life. Yep. What do you got? Yeah, my whatever point I'm up to <laughs> seven. is seven, to have some solid goals and have them easily attainable and detail them out and be a little bit micro with your goals and also slow down because particularly for those that were greedy and emotional and did dumb things, 
Just slow down, Turbo. Like, just chill out for 10 minutes. Press reset. Do some new goals. Blah, blah, blah. But for those who may have been victim of fraud and wiped out or no fault of your own, it might look like this. I've written down four goals here. The first goal, after I've rebuilt and prioritized stuff in my budget, my first goal is to just save $500 in an emergency fund account. That, that's all I'm focusing on. If it takes three weeks, awesome. If it takes two months, awesome. If it takes two days, awesome. Let's just write down, save $500. Then tick that off. Awesome. Good sense of achievement. The second goal. Okay. I've got $2,000 left on this credit card that got me through whatever. My next goal and my next financial reason for living is to just pay down the $2,000 credit card debt. And we're just focusing everything on this goal. Just, you know, and we're not saving for holidays and all that stuff. I know once you start earning money and getting back into the workforce, if, you know, you were wiped out by flood or fire and the community was thrown up and things have settled, the dust has, I'm talking now the dust has settled, you're back into work, hopefully. You're out of that relationship. You've got good accommodation, all that stuff. Because once you have an income, John, you start to think, oh, I can actually afford the $50 a week for that holiday that I need after this trauma. Well, I want you to have a holiday after the trauma, but I don't want you to borrow money for it. So, and that sounds so, so, so insensitive for me to say, I don't want you to borrow money for a holiday. But anytime I've talked to anyone who's had a holiday loan or a personal loan, They've just regretted it years down the track. So take that with uh, eight grains of salt. Yeah. So, and just on that, there are going to be people around you that will encourage you to go and do that as well. Yeah. The treat yourself stuff. Mm. Yeah. Treat yourself, but have a day at the beach or the lake or the the dam or I don't know, like find something to scratch that itch. Maybe it's just a massage once a month. Yeah. I don't know. We have to find ways to scratch the itch with something else. Yeah low cost. Then the next goal might be save $1,000. So we've already got the $500 saved. We're out of consumer debt. We're at $1,000. Awesome. Tick. Next one, save $2,000. All right. We're pumping. I need to save an extra $1,000. Save $2,000. Tick. I've just done four goals over the last six months. Now, what I want you to do is then maybe carve off $100, $50, whatever, and celebrate that milestone. Mm that you're at $2,000 cash. You've got no credit card debt. It's time to, all right, we've started the foundations. Then the next goal might be, well, I actually need a new lounge. I'm just going to save for a new lounge. I'm just going to do that. Don't care. You might choose, well, I want to just keep saving and get my emergency fund done. I mean, I'm being you know, very micro here, but a lot of the time we say before you do anything, save for an emergency fund. Well, if someone has been wiped out, from a flood or a fire and you've been through hell and you've got $2,000 in cash savings, first time you've had that much money for months and you want a new lounge, go buy a lounge. (laughs) Like I'm not going to, but maybe if I was talking or coaching someone who's done a dumb thing, I'd be like, you don't deserve a lounge. (laughs) Go and frigging save your emergency fund and stop being dumb. So yeah. And then it might, yeah. So just really my whole thing is slow down, have some micro goals and keep to that. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I love the goal setting. Uh, I, th- I think it's relevant to everyone out there, no matter who you are. Uh, and I think having, again, I keep using this word perspective, but but uh, in the circle of life, you've you've got friends and family in one area. You've got maybe hobbies and interests over another area. You've got vocation in one area, and you might have health in another area, and uh, maybe finances or financial in one area. So. What we're talking about today is very much one portion of that circle of life. So let's look Mm. to the others for inspiration and then have some really positive steps in place to be able to recover from that Mm. financial bit. Um, And and I think you you may be listening uh, to this episode saying, well, yeah, I'm in financial ruin now. I don't know who to speak to. Even in the group, I don't feel comfortable. And and that's cool. But I think you've got to reach out to someone. You've got to talk about this with someone. And and if that means dropping the ego because I'm ashamed or embarrassed, then, then do that. Because Invariably, if you write the, if you ask the right people, 
they're not going to think anything about the ego and, and they're just wanting to help you, generally speaking. I think, as you said, John, like this exercise that we've done, you could run it through, well, I've been through a big family breakdown. I've been through a toxic friendship that's ended that I found out something and this and, that, you know, or I've had a big health event. We're all just people trying to do the best that we can. And one thing I've learned because I have been uh, a victim of my own stupidity in the past and impulses is I know that I will do, and I've said this, you know, on previous podcasts, like for me, I just need to make sure when I do have those dumb blowouts that they're only $100 or $200 blowouts. They're not the $1,000 blowouts or I do something dumb. I'll tell you, actually, I don't know if I told you, years ago, maybe I was 25 years old, I did something very risky and very, well, I won't say dumb, but I just did something very, very risky and it paid off, but it might not have and it may have left me with um, a big financial mess. I borrowed $20,000 with a personal loan and invested it into, I'll just say a venture. I fully understood what was happening with that venture and the risk paid off. Um, basically, they paid me more than 100% returns. I cleared the loan, claimed the interest and had capital. Like it was over 12 months. Like it was really good, but the Glenn James today at my age, and it's probably just this thing with life, John, because one of your last points was around risk profile. I reckon if I was to draw my risk profile, I would have been more, um, and it's a natural thing as you get older anyway, like I was happy to take on more risks early in my 20s because I'm like, well, if this doesn't play out, I'll, I'll suck it up and have to pay it off. And that was the same with, I'd rather start my business in my twenties and fail fast, yeah, because I got recovery time. But yeah. I wouldn't. Oh gosh, I wouldn't do it again. Like, no, I would not borrow money and put into a high risk investment again. I, I might put my own capital to it, but I'm just not doing it with debt. So, be self reflective. And I think now we're probably just in finishing talking to the people who haven't gone through financial hell or had issues. But just be very self aware of your natural tendencies because one of your points was, you know, the last thing was like risk profile. Yeah, that was 3.1. Right. Yeah, good. What good, is good, your risk good. profile? And understanding that, I think it's 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 important and depending on how that financial ruin came about, your risk profile could be extremely dented or mm. if you've got a high ego and that's still evident, your risk profile still could be sky high. So that's where you need to backtrack and understand where did it go wrong? How much was in my corner and how much was out of my control? Because that's one thing like, you know, I use my example of borrowing money on a personal loan. The interest rates were crazy, mm. but I knew the return would would be through the roof and it was and I totally understood the risks and I had a really, I, I knew the person in the business and I knew that there's a very, very high chance that it would pay off. But, you know, I wouldn't do that again today and I want to say, and I've said this before, you know, talking with business owners and startup businesses, as much as we use leverage to maximize our return, right, the leverage can also compound negatively mm. as well. So, if that didn't pay off for me back when I was 25, I think, if that didn't pay off for me, I would have been left with a 20 grand personal loan with nothing to show for it. Yeah. Interesting how you say the risk profile for you is, has reduced as you've gotten older, mm. which is quite natural, but mm. I thought it was, for me, I, I'm probably in agreement with you, but I, I thought my risk profile reduced because of the greater responsibility I have, having wife, three kids, assets, etc. <sighs> yeah, I would probably... I'm just thinking this is a really good point and I know we're using a lot of dead air and I hope you guys are thinking about stuff as well but like I don't think my risk profile quote unquote has reduced 
but there's just things that I don't do now. It's like I would just not ever, ever, ever get a personal loan. But is that because you're better educated? Yeah, and this is what leads into it. It's like I'm, I'm a little bit more mature. <laughs> I understand that I'm not willing to take on the risk of having compounding negative returns. Like I'm just not doing that. <laughs> like I've put money, I've shared conceptually where I've put money into, you know, a couple of years ago I, I did an IPO and put um, thousands of dollars into that and there was like a over a 7 or 800% return. Like, like I'm happy to take those risks if I cash flow them. But for me it was I've got my life more established. Yeah. Where when I was 25, putting 20 grand into a specy is just categorically the dumbest thing on the planet. Well, I think because it, I probably only had 20 or 30 grand in super and my net worth would have been bugger all then anyway. Yeah, I was going to say it's a percentage of what you've got yeah. at your disposal, whereas the IPO was an extremely small percentage of what you have. Exactly, yeah. Where like, so yeah, it's just different as you age and mature and yeah, if someone learns from this, like don't do what I did because if it didn't pay off, it, um, I would have been in a world of pain. Invest where you can afford to lose, yeah. Yeah, but I don't even, I hate that saying, John, invest, only invest what you can afford to lose. I, I, think, I thought I, I learned it from you. No, no, I, I hate it. Like I can't afford to lose any of my money. And if I'm investing, I'm not investing, I'm investing to get a return of it. Like, yeah, but I don't that's know, the intention. Yeah, maybe it's a weird kink, but, mm. and it's, it might, I think what it is actually like, when people say only invest what you can afford to lose, well, any investments I make, if I put $10,000 into uh, an Australian shares index ETF, like past performance isn't an indication of future performance. We know that, but we know that money's safe over the next 10 years. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so the reason I don't like the only invest what you can afford to lose thing because it talks about investments as being high risk and speculative. Yeah. And you, you just don't want to go there. Yeah. So, I would just say I'm prepared to accept the risks for this capital. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it is so, very mature of you, Glenn. Hopefully, we've all got some benefit from it. I, I Just chatting about it, you and I, I think mm. I've benefited from it. My wisdom. No, just understanding that when you ask for three points, it's actually seven. Well, to be fair, the first point of my autopsy just had four categories. <laughs> Let the people speak. Yeah. Well, Johnson, we might um, leave because we're rapidly uh, outstaying our welcome. But let's do a recap. John, do you want to read your three points? So, uh, first one, focus and perspective. I still have my health, family, friends, whatever it is. You, whatever you've still got, you need to be grateful for and have perspective on that. Number two, bunker down your expenses, move back home, share house, whatever it takes, uh, discretional spending, rein it all in, just, just bunker down. And number three, what are your skill set and quals? Do we need to uh, upgrade those? Is it a time to, to educate ourselves further? How can I maximize my time and resources in this in this period of, uh, of recovery? Yours? My points were conduct a financial autopsy and have some intense financial self-reflection just so you know that we can put some checks and balances in place. I've got a four edge coin. First edge of the coin might've been of no fault of your own, or you may have been taken advantage of financial abuse or fraud. The other side of the coin, were you dumb? Were you emotional? Perhaps you were naive. Or the other point, are you just greedy? And things happen after greedy. Second point, when you're rebuilding from the ground up, run your personal budget through my money hierarchy strip out all the all the wanties and only have the needies for a period of time. And then thirdly, make sure you've got some solid micro goals. Slow down, go easy, get an accountability buddy if you need to. There's another bonus point. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So hopefully you've enjoyed those 11 points that we've given you today. Uh, as always, we don't know everything. We just 
Yeah, just we're talk. just facilitating a chat with our listeners. Yes, that's all we're doing. Yeah, and it's uh, it's been enjoyable. Sweet. Well, do you want to end the episode and do something fun like a an end call to action or something like that? That's yeah. what I do in professional podcasts. <laughs> so, yeah. Look, if you like what you're listening to, uh, get a bit more into your life. Just just swing across to my millennial property, Emily Wallace, and myself. We uh, we run an okay ship over there half an hour bit more of uh of of property stuff and even if you just share related just get some property into your life it it helps everyone everyone needs a roof over their head and and then that's all you're a professional salesperson johnson Mm. uh and i don't have a problem with that because uh my name's also on that podcast all right (laughs) thanks friends we'll see you soon all right bye We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports a variety of charities, and we encourage you to consider giving as part of your overall financial strategy. If you would like some giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to mymillennial.money forward slash charities for more info. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.